of stories and there's comics too there are plays and songs but you don't read them do you yes it's sad to tell you but you need to know no one reads waxwork com it is all a myth Jordan perpetuates No one reads Waxwork.com It would not hold up If someone investigates Hey everybody, it's Jordan D. White here um, I'm just hanging out uh, Doing nothing Oh wait, no, I'm doing a podcast now, aren't I? I forgot um, It's called Cast and Wax I wasn't doing it last week, which is a bummer I... I I, don't, I, I want to say I forgot, but that's a lie. I didn't forget. I uh, just didn't do it. I was relaxing and having a nice time, and I went, oh, I don't. I really don't want to do it. It's so much work. Why should I do it? Is there any reward for me? Well, yes. I mean, there's the, the adulation of the listeners. There's the positive feedback I get, which I do get, you know, so I, I don't know why I was um, pretending I don't. Not pretending I don't, but just um, not caring about that for a moment. Makes me sound like a jerk, doesn't it? I was hanging out with Lynn, and Lynn and I were like, "Should we record something?" And she was like, "Yeah, let's record something." And I was like, "What?" And she was like, "I don't know." And I was like, "I don't know either." And so I didn't record anything. What a bum! Yeah, I suck. Sorry. But there's one this week, and uh, there probably won't be one next week, unfortunately. But there is one this week. There's this one that you're listening to right now, the one that I'm speaking as we speak. I'm speaking. You're not speaking. Hopefully you're not speaking. If you're speaking right now, shut up. You're listening to a podcast. Like, that, that's rude. Give me some attention. You know, don't, why would you put a podcast on? It's a, it's a podcast where somebody's talking. Why would you put a podcast on where someone's talking and then be like, I'm going to talk while the podcast is on. I don't want to listen to, this is you, this is you, by the way. This is your voice. I don't want to listen to a podcast. If, if you're talking. If you're not talking, you don't sound like that. But if you are talking, that's you. I'm not going to talk during the podcast for some reason. Even though I put on a podcast with talking, I'm going to talk. That's you. Hopefully, if you're talking while you're listening to the podcast, you didn't hear that. Like, you were talking. So you didn't hear me make fun of you. But that is what you sound like. And I'm sorry to have to be the one to tell you. Anyway, let's get on to the actual podcast. There's a whole bunch of people here waiting to, um, you know, be heard. And just to change things up, I think the first person I'm going to bring out today is Mr. Scapey White. to be here. Thank you for having me on, Dad. As always, I am awesome. Awesome. Super awesome. That's good. That's good. I, I'm glad you feel that way. But um, for those of you who don't know, Scape is my cat. Uh, he's got the same last name as me for that reason, because we, we own him. He's our property. Well, I think I don't think it's that how, that's how it works. Technically, it is. That's the legal. I think that's the legal rigmarole. We say you're our son, but obviously not biologically and not legally adopted. I mean, we, we technically, I guess we could leave things to you, but I don't think we're going to. I don't think you would be a sound. I don't think you could take care of business, you know, matters. So I think I would leave you to someone else rather than leaving our stuff to you. That's not wrong. That is actually right. I think legally speaking, that's right. That's the right thing to do. It's responsible. Um, anyway, Scape, uh, one thing that we have do on this show is we, we call for emails. Now, our email address here is castinwax at gmail.com. And uh, last time we didn't have an email. This time we have a whole bunch. Now, listen, everybody at home. Not you, Scape. You can hang on first. I mean, listen. Oh, I was not going to listen. Well, no, do li- listen. I'm not talking to you now, but listen anyway. Why should I listen if you're not going to talk to me? Because we're going to move. <sighs> everybody on earth, listen. You're going to say to yourself, oh, good. I'm glad they're getting lots of email. Now I don't have to write in. 
No, you're wrong. Castingwax at gmail.com. You still have to write in. We want to get this much email every week, and you can't count on these same people to write to us every week. You have to write to us because they are going to get sick of writing in. You have to write in. So I'm going to read every email we've got probably today. So we're going to have no email. You have to write in. You do. Okay. So this uh, – escape. we got a whole bunch of email, and so I'm going to read it throughout the show. But this first one is just to you. It's just to you. Oh. Is it from my school? No, no, no. We got some stuff from your school, um, and we're going to read that later. I, I mean, I, that's not that's not as – I mean, it's exciting, but, you know, it's business. This is uh, this is a personal matter. Oh, what is it? Who got a personal matter with me? Well, let me let me read this to you. It says, Scapey White, I challenge you to a cat duel to the death. I am working to become the most famous cat on the internet. My claim to fame being my amazing diction while speaking. I wish to claim my rightful place up with the LOL cat and Garfield. You are but a minor speed bump on my way to internet fame, but you are an opponent nonetheless. I challenge you to a duel of your choosing. You may choose the arena and weapons of battle. Prepare thyself. Your end is nigh. Sincerely, your biggest fan, Claudio the Conquering Cat. What? He's challenging me to a fight on the internet? Yeah, that's what he's saying. He wants to be the most famous cat. And he's saying you're not the most famous cat, but he'll fight you anyway, just as a, you know, a step up. I'm not. Okay. I'm, maybe I'm not the most famous cat, but I'm pretty good. And also, I will win the fight. So, you suck. What is your name? Claudio. Claudio. That's, that's, that's a stupid name. Also, I'm gonna win. So, that is how it is. I hate you. Ten is how much. I hate you ten. Ten out of? Hate. Ten out of hate. Okay, um. Good. So are you, are you, so, I mean, are you saying you're accepting the, the, this challenge? Well, I'll tell you what. I will challenge you to a, a rock off with a rock battle. And I will do some rocking and you can see if you can rock as hard as I can. And yet, you want to know, I'll tell you, spoiler, you can't. Cause I'm better at rocking than you. So you could have your diction. Oh, I'm going to have some diction. Well, guess what? Wait, 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 wait. That's your diction. How about having to you my surprise of her? I don't care. Why don't you see if you can rock? You can't. That is solely my domain. Thank you. Okay. So this is a serious... You're taking this very seriously. Dad, did you see what he said? Do to the death on rock music. Well, no, he didn't say rock music. You're saying rock music. That's the same thing. It's not the same thing. You can't... In fact, I don't see how it could possibly be a duel to the death if it's a rock music duel. How do you die from rock music? Because it's just so rocking. If I rock so hard, he will die. Uh, I, I don't see how that's possible. Dad, did you see Scott Pilgrim? <laughs> yes. Yes, I... Did you see Scott Pilgrim? No, but I heard him rock, so I'm going to kill him. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, you heard it, Claudio. I don't know how you want to do a, uh, a rock battle, but Scape will do a rock battle with you, so you better watch out. Um, all right, Scape, I'm going to bring on the next uh, co-host. All right. Up next, we have uh, Mr. Rory Sinjin. Now, uh, let me play him in. Uh, Rory Sinjin. Here he is. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hi, Rory. Um, for those of you at home, Rory is a extra historian. It means that he studies the field of extra history, which is the... Oh, Rory, you better say it. I don't want to lie. There's no reason to lie. It's the study of other worlds and other realities that we discover by, you know, doing studies upon them. Yes, yes, yes. Because there's a mathematical quirk in your flawed logic. No, it's not flawed. If there's an infinite number of universes, therefore there must be a universe for everything that we can imagine. Not accurate. But for now, let's just say that it's accurate. Okay, it's not. But let's just say it's not. <sighs> I run the Queen's Institute for Extra Historical Studies, 
And, you know, that is a good thing. I love it. I love it very much. Right, right. And that's actually what I wanted to talk to you about because, in fact, we got a letter here uh, for you. Oh, um, excellent. Someone uh, registering for the, the, the Institute? Not exactly, no. Um, let me read it to you. Dear Rory Sinjin at the Queen's Institute of Extra Historical Studies, I am rather elated to hear that the Institute is doing well. I was only recently introduced to the information by a co-worker and was rather baffled by the fact that you did not enlist for the help of our neighboring institute, the Nassau Institute of Extra Historical Studies, especially considering our fine credentials, mainly our claim to fame of integrating extra history more into the American lifestyle through our public access show, Extreme Extra History, a tournament-style show in which noted historians from the Institute go head-on in finding a world that best helps a client. Of course, all the shows are best two out of three, but that is no matter. In closing, best of luck to all of you at the Institute, Richard Johnson, President of the Nassau Institute of Extra Historical Studies. So now, Rory, you have never even mentioned this institute before. How is that? I'd rather not mention it now. You know, I think it needs not be mentioned. Well, I already mentioned it, and we read, I said its name a couple times, and it's now it, the subject is is breached. So breached. But all right. Um, look, yes, the Nassau Institute, the Nassau Institute. Um, I'd rather not ever. Admit that they exist. Yes, but again, they do. Right. All right, look, I don't want to be associated with them. They are disreputable. They are terrible. How could they possibly, how could they possibly be more disreputable than the Queen's Institute is? We are very reputable. We have the Queen of England associated with us. We have her blessing. Do you, I mean, okay, uh, let's say you do. Then what, my point is, what, you, the entire field of extra history is disreputable. It's a, it's total, like, making things up. It's, it's not as bad as psychics, but gosh, it's awfully close. I, I can't believe you said that. There's no institute for psychic studies. There probably is. There most likely is. I think you're probably wrong about that. But that doesn't mean, that doesn't make anything better. Just because there's an institute for something doesn't mean it's reputable. Well, I would say that it does. My institute is reputable. Now, there's, is not right. I I got that from you earlier. I'm saying, how can it be that yours is reputable and theirs is not? What is the difference? The difference is night and day. The difference is a difference between serious studies and you know trying to become a, a, some sort of spectacle for the popular culture. You know, if I wanted to sell out extra history, yes, I could have gone to the Nassau Institute instead of starting my own institute. But I find that to be reprehensible. Extreme extra history, extreme. Why does it have to be extreme? Can't it just be, you know, intellectual? You know, the kinds of the kinds of extra history they do. You should hear it. You know, it's it's ridiculous. Why? What? How? How could it possibly be? I mean, no offense to yours, but yours is not that intellectual. You just make stuff up. I don't. I am discovering they. If anyone is making something up, they are making it up because they go on this extreme extra history and they give options. You know, they give multiple other worlds. What's the point? That sort of defeats the entire purpose. If there, are, if you point out that there are multiple other worlds, then that completely ruins it. Because again, if someone comes to me with a problem and I say, well, it could be worse, it also could be better. Well, of course it could. In other worlds, there's always a world where the same thing happened and it turned out well, or the bad thing didn't happen to you and everything was perfect and your life was wonderful. Blah, blah, blah. Who wants to hear about that world? I'll tell you who. No one. And if you talk about it too much, you point that out and you ruin the entire concept. And that's what they do. They are an anathema to the extra historical field. I absolutely hate them. Mr. Johnson, I'm, thank you for writing in. Thank you for your kind words. I don't ever want to hear from you again. My God, do I hate you. So, look... Um, no, I won't be on your show, Extreme Extra History, even though you never asked, but I won't now, because I won't, so that's how it is. So, listen, I find it offensive 
that you wrote in to say nice things. It's nice that you said nice things. If you had, if you had said, okay, if you had said rotten things about the Institute, that would have been the Queen's Institute, I should say. That would have been worse, you know, so thank you. But I'm still offended that you did so because I am so much better than you. And my Institute is so much better that for you to say a compliment to my Institute is, is arrogant. Because my institute should be saying something complimentary to you, if anything. But instead, my institute will say something disparaging about you, which is, your institute is terrible. Wow. So you, I guess you feel fairly strongly about the Nassau Institute. Yes. And it's not something personal. No, no. How could it be something personal? No. I mean, some sort of thing like you applied to them. No, I didn't. No. Because I didn't want to go there. I went to the Brooklyn Institute instead, head and shoulders a million times better than the Nassau Institute. Thank you very much. And then, when the Brooklyn Institute was gone, I founded my own institute eventually, after doing independent research on my own. I, okay, I just, I don't understand. Now, extreme, but this this idea of an extreme extra history show where, I mean, it's again, it, it ends up with the, what it says it best helps the client, and that seems like that would be the ultimate goal. No, that's not the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is to make money off of our research. I mean, that's, you know, we're doing the things we love for money. That's the ultimate goal. And one could say, yes, they're doing that because they have a TV show. But that's not the point. The money is supposed to come from the client, not from entertainment. We're not doing it for the entertainment of everyone else. We're doing it for the client to pay us money. Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> if that's how you feel about it. It is. That is how I feel. Yes. Well, good. I'm sure. Okay. Well, everyone will hear how you feel about it then, and, and they'll make their own judgments to support me. Well, possibly to support you, possibly... To reject you, but why would anyone? I don't understand why anyone. I'm just being honest. You know, that's isn't that the goal of anyone to find the thing that they love and make money off of doing it? You know, I could do it for free while I do you know some other job, but the goal is to make money off of the thing that I love doing, so that instead of having to work some sort of crappy job, I work on the thing that I love. I'm right, and I don't see how that that would be any different for them because they're selling out. You know, man, you, you don't want to sell out. All, all right, I, w- I mean, some would argue that making lots of money at it by charging your clients a lot of money is pretty much selling out. No, because that's an individual relationship I have. I give my clients a service. They give me lots of money. It's a very personal connection that we share. They want to give me the money. They're not dissatisfied. They're very satisfied. That's why they willingly give me money and continue to do so on a regular basis because they are willing to do that because they are enjoying the service they want more of the service, and they like the service. You know, again, unlike this extreme extra history where, you know, there's advertisers paying for it and the production companies paying for it, and who knows if the actual clients actually care? You know, who knows if the actual client is getting what they want? Because they're, they're not paying for it. They're getting in for free. You know, I've given extra historical readings on this for free, as you know, and they're not as good as the ones that I get paid for because the people who are, who are paid get the premium service. You know, that's how it is. Okay, good. Um, so uh, I should mention then, uh, if anybody does want a free extra historical reading, you can write in with your problem to castandwax at gmail.com. And if you'd like to do a premium extra historical reading on the podcast, you know, send in money in your email. I don't know how they would do that. There's probably a way. You know, the internet, you can do a lot on the internet. That's true. Okay. Um, anyway, we have one more uh, guest host, by which I mean host. Uh, let's get right to him. Here he is, Mr. Frank Allen. Everybody, how's it going? Hey, Frank. Uh, good to have you here. Good to have you here. Uh, you probably are pleased to know that I didn't record with Lynn last week, because that means 
you wouldn't have been able to be here if I if I had done that. Yeah. Well, good, because I'm I'm the regular guest host, so No, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, if if I do record another one with her. That's yeah. Thanks. Thanks for making your choice. I guess you've chosen which of your friends you like more. Great. We're off to a great start, by the way. You know, here I came out, I'm all pleasant, and you're like, hey, I hate you. You're not my good friend. No, I'm just because she would be a guest host. And I'm yes, right. And I'm the regular host. So the regular host takes precedent, you think. No, the guest takes no, the guest takes precedent because they get like a special treatment. Right. Right. Fine. Anyway. And he didn't introduce me either. My name's Frank Allen. I'm a host. I'm the host of uh, some of the segments on the show earlier in the history of the show. I'm working on new ones for the future, but uh, for now, uh, you can find me elsewhere on the internet doing the show. Uh, curious about serial killers for the for the exposed internet network. Right, right, right. Now, um, Frank, uh, let's see. What do we got? Yeah, you got an email for me because you got an email for everybody else. No, I mean, I, I don't have one specifically for you, but I do want to read another email while you're here. What do you mean? Well, no, I mean, I just I don't have one specifically addressed to you. Um, it might address you in some way. It's got your name in it at the very least, but it's, it's more for all of us. Well, everybody else got a personal one. Nobody wrote into you, dude. What do you want from me? I want you to, if, if you don't get one for all of us, each of us, then you shouldn't read any of them. That's ridiculous. Or, yeah, okay, that's a little ridiculous. But okay, write in, why don't you guys write into me? Castandwax at gmail.com. You could write into me, too. You write into Escape. You write into freaking Rory Sinjin. Write into me. Well, I, did, I didn't say anything. Yeah, you were thinking something. I was thinking about my work. I was not thinking about you. Well... Fine. Anyway, uh, I got this letter here. R um, Rory, do you want to read this letter? No, I want. I want to read the letter. If you're not even gonna, I didn't get a letter. At least let me read the letter. Oh, fine, Frank. Fine, Frank. Read this letter. Thank you. I will. Uh, let's see. It says to the talented hosts of Cast and Wax, I am thrilled to hear that you are back on the air or whatever it is called for podcasts. A summer without Jordan, Frank, Rory, and Scape is like a blues festival without peaches and crime. Tiding over my impatience for the upcoming epic epilogues of the serials of which I've grown so fond, the shows with which your friends have been providing you are filling the gaps wonderfully. Scape, the Queen of England has a room full of moist food. You're not letting this one go, I hope. Between Rory's royal school endorsement and Frank's interview with the Queen, one of them should be able to hook you up. Best of luck, and I'm looking forward to your next musical assignment. I'm pleased to see that robot zombie hunters are finally getting the airtime they deserve. Much like people who complained that Will and Grace mainstreamed homosexuality, there will undoubtedly be protesters who believe that being a robot zombie hunter is against God's way, that they are just choosing to be robot zombie hunters, and that they were not built that way. But robot zombie hunters are God's children too, and they deserve the same respect as anyone else. Don't cave into the bigots and the haters. As a big fan of Lynn Nelson, voice actress and murder suspect, I will say not only that I take her innocence at her word, oh, what is this, but that even if she did murder someone, say in an alternate universe or something, it would be completely justified. In fact, I would be curious to hear about an alternate universe in which Miss Nelson is a serial killer working for justice. Perhaps Rory would educate us. Sincerely, Bailiff Quimby. Ah, Bailiff Quimby, it is so nice of you to ask. Jordan, would you please? It's time for Extra History Now! Fascinating that you ask, because in fact there is another world in which Lynn Nelson is a serial killer who kills for justice. And the justice that she kills for is that she is a serial killer who only kills other people who are impolite. So what happens is she specializes in people who walk the streets like jerks, you know, so that when you're walking down the street, 
uh, when she's walking down the street, I should say, and the person just doesn't even move aside. They just kind of, you know, boof, bump into you like that. That's when she goes, oh, that's it. And she turns around, follows that person who bumped into her um, until they're somewhere secluded and kills them and puts a little sign on them saying, this person is rude. This person bumped into me on the street, didn't say excuse me. They didn't have to bump into me. They could have moved, you know, a fraction of an inch. You know, they could have done that. Or one time when she was on the subway, the subway was, you know, kind of crowded and she was sitting there holding onto the, you know, the, the subway pole, you know, on the subway. And the doors opened and it, like I said, it was kind of crowded, but there was some space past her, you know, behind her. So in order to let the people coming in the open doors through, she kind of, you know, bent sideways and moved moved awkwardly so that they could squeeze through, you know, so that they had room. Because it was the polite thing to do. But then they filled up the space so that she couldn't stand straight. She couldn't stand normally. So, she, so now she's stuck in this awkward position because she was being polite and no one else is. It's just completely inconsiderate of them. So she ended up saying, you know, I... I, I know some innocent people are going to die, but, you know, she killed everyone on the subway car. And she, again, she left a sign saying, you know, saying, explaining what happened. And the police understood. Now, not saying it's legal, because it's not, but the police understood in that world. They said, you know, we could follow up leads because we think we have a good plan on who this is. But it's just so justifiable. It's just so understandable that, we, you know, we're not going to do that. Another time, she was at a pet store. And there was lots of people crowding around the kittens because the kittens were very cute. And she worked her way to the front, you know, politely again. There was a, it was an opening and she walked up and she was about to touch a kitten when a lady behind her said, oh, excuse me. And she thinking, well, this person has said, excuse me. They are a polite person. They are a nice person. They are trying to get through somewhere. Let me just, let me just do something. They must have something they're doing. Let me just move over for a second. And then that person didn't have somewhere to go didn't have something they were trying to do. They just wanted to be where she was. And when she moved out of the way, they put themselves exactly where she had been and started petting the kitten. At that point, she killed everyone in the pet store and the cats. But that's not her fault. And again, the police understood she left a sign. So that's that other world. That doesn't sound like justice. No, it, it was. It was justice. It was totally justified in that world. Okay, good. Because in our world, if someone did that, they would get arrested and get jail for life, probably. And rightly so. Perhaps. I cannot make any claims about our world. I'm not a legal authority i'm an extra historical authority right right so um all right well uh, let's uh, let's get to the shows for the week i didn't get to say anything you didn't even you didn't i came on i read a letter what do you want frank have your shows aired on on fox news yet no then you've got nothing new to add moving on that's not fair it's fair moving on um we actually have a bunch of shows this week we're going to kick things off with where are they now in history uh well, rather i should say this day in history and where are they now in history and then we're going to get into uh, the two new serials that we've been playing that our good friends have been making for us, Robot Zombie Hunters, Right Again, and Slam Jackson Adventurist. And then we've got a special show from friend of the show, good, good friend of the show, Thomas Alva Edison, called Thomas Edison Illuminates You, Episode 1. Every everybody enjoy this. Uh, here we go. Bam! Hello and welcome to This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. My name is Rory Sinjin. Did you know that on September 27, 1964, the Warren Commission report on the assassination of President John F. Kennedy is released after a 10-month investigation, concluding that there was no conspiracy in the assassination, either domestic or international, and that Lee Harvey Oswald, the alleged assassin, acted alone? President Johnson. Yes? You may not have met me before. My name is Warren Commission. Uh, I've been looking into this Oswald. Uh, even though his last words before he died were, I'm just a patsy. And even though he was living in Russia and working for the communists for a good part of his life, we've decided there isn't really any chance that there was a conspiracy against your predecessor. And, uh, in addition, we decided that you shouldn't really be in office. What? You, you weren't democratically elected by the people of this country. But then how could I get elected by the people of this country? Well, 
The thing is, you only came in because your predecessor died. Where in order to elect you democratically, we would have to have an election. But Box. there's a catch. Oh no, a catch. The educated populace can only vote if they've first registered with their local board of elections. So, if I want to become president, I need to convince people to register with their local board of elections. Exactly, Mr. President. Hmm, interesting. Unfortunately, uh, no one did register to vote that year, and in fact, uh, we haven't had a president since. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. Welcome to This Day in History. My name is Rory Sinjin, and this is WHRW Binghamton. On October 4th, 1957, the Soviet Union inaugurates the Space Age with the launch of Sputnik, the world's first artificial satellite. The spacecraft, named Sputnik after the Russian word for satellite, was launched from the launch base in the Kazakh Republic. Very few people know that in Russia, even though we are communist, we have stock market. So, I would like to offer you a deal. Mr. Miller. Da, I am listening. You learn very good Russian, Mr. Miller. Glad to be working with you. Always a pleasure. Now, now your deal. The Russian stock market has four rubles on it at the moment. It is difficult to have big stock market with no companies. But here is the plan. We should trade some stocks on Sputnik. I think it is going up. This sounds like both an awful pun and an excellent idea. You have a deal. Shake. Unfortunately, all that illegal insider trading led to a literal stock market crash as the wagon the Russian stock market was on collided with a car. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. But hold on, Ski. Duh. My name's Roy Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Gas and Wax. And there's so much more to that story, because it was as a direct result of the Russian stock market crash in 1957 that the Russians hired Lee Harvey Oswald to assassinate President John F. Kennedy. Not because they thought he was directly involved in the crash. It wasn't his car that it crashed into, of course. But it was an American car, and they generally blamed America, and they thought this will get America down if we just crash someone into their president, by which I mean shoot their president, because the bullets will crash into his head. You see, like that. So they got Lee Harvey Oswald to do it, and then they gave all the money that they had, all four rubles, to Mr. Warren Commission to make it look like it wasn't their fault, and to get him to tell the president that he needed to get people to register to vote with their local board of elections, because they knew that once it started kicking around in his brain, it would completely stall, the government would get it all gummed up, and no one would ever have a president ever again in America. Of course, none of this helped the fact that the wheels were completely off the Russian stock market, and it was completely out of control from then on. In fact, the person whose idea it was to assassinate President Kennedy took that information and used it to invest in the Russian stock market against the concept of president. The Russian stock market is very strange. You can invest in very strange things. And anyway, they found that insider information. They used it to profit. They were found guilty of trading insider information. They were thrown in jail, in the Russian jail, which was another cart that also had bars on it and stuff. But unfortunately, one day, the Russian stock market went completely out of control, knocked the Russian jail into the ocean, and that person drowned. So that was a bad story for them, too. Just as it was a bad story for America. So the point is, I think there are two very clear morals that you should get from this story. Number one, of course, being not to use insider trading when you're using stock market things like that. And the other one, of course, being that don't get all gummed up in your head. Just register with your board of elections so that you can vote. In that world, there's no president anymore. In your world, there can be. All you have to do is register to vote. And then if you're the only person who votes, at least they'll say, well, that person got one vote and they get to be president. I hope you learned that. My name is Roy Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax.
Robot Zombie Hunters, Ride Again, a Chirumbolo story by Daniel Schwartz and Pete Bowers. Episode 2, Aging Gracelessly. Commissioned during World War II to combat the restless dead of the Nazi war machine, an army of mighty robots stood tall as bulwarks of liberty in a world gone mad. Sixty years later, our story continues as Mike arrives at the Thorpsburg police station. Hey, Clem. Mike, how's it going? Fine, till I got your call. Thanks. Real sweet of you to say. You know what I mean. Where is he? Downstairs. I'll have them bring him up. Owen? Mike's here. Could you bring the Sarge up? Thanks. Thanks. Look, don't mention it. Seriously, though. Seriously, don't mention it. Another one like this, and it'd have to go to court. He's lucky nobody pressed charges. I know. I'll talk to him. Please. Here he comes. Godspeed. Hey, Sarge. Hello, Mike. Ready to go? I was born ready. Or would have been if I'd been born. Stupid expression. Right. Let's get going. Bye, boys. Later, Sergeant Steele. Okay, now that we're alone. Look, I'm not Roger. I don't go for meat. What the hell is wrong with you? What's wrong with me? A guy can't go into a bar without it becoming a national emergency? A guy can go into a bar. He just can't start a fight with everyone inside. Oh, hold on there, Pilgrim. I didn't start anything. I finished it. That's how that went. Just tell me what happened. Okay. So I'm done handing out flyers for the links. I figure a little bit of the punch card would do me some good. I go into Harrison's, have a couple of clicks. Clicks? I got talked to make me a punch card. So anyways, this palooka... Punch card? My voice broken? Anyway, so this palooka comes up to me and says, Do they serve your kind here? Let me tell you, if I had a nickel for every time I heard that, I must have beaten up 50 guys. Easy. You're drunk. And handsome. How can you be drunk? I thought alcohol didn't affect you. The punch car talk made me. I gotta say everything twice with you, Mikey. Why would he... Okay, I know why he would, but why would you do that? Because I want to get drunk. I'm almost 70. Don't tell me I'm not old enough. Look, I just don't see why you should... And you know what's best for me? Why? Because you're human? I got the same rights you do, pal. Rights I struggle for. Europe, the Pacific, Korea, Vietnam, Kent State, hell, I fought my way across five continents. Don't tell me what I can and can't do. Listen to yourself. You sound like an idiot. A drunk, angry idiot. And handsome. You already said that. Still true. Look, stop and think for a minute. Is this what you want to be like? Ah, hell, Mikey, what am I doing? Good question. Spent my whole life fighting to keep those clowns safe, and they treat me like a blender with legs. Other guys at the VFW, they sit around most of the time drinking so they can stop feeling so old. So useless. Obsolete. What's this about, Sarge? Put in for another tour in Iraq. They turned me down. Said there wasn't anyone left who knows how to fix me up if I got damaged. Only if only the five of us left from the old days, you know? Like sending a Cleveland-class cruiser back on the water. You know what I mean? 
What's a Cleveland class? They cruiser? don't want me, Mike! I gotta draw you the picture? I'm sorry, Sarge. Nah, I'm sorry, Mikey. Some Pentagon knucklehead writes me off doesn't mean I should take it out on you. Your granddad always did right by us. I got no call doing wrong by you. Who cares what the army says, man? You've got Prime and Roger and Kit and all of us. Not because you're a soldier, because you're our friend. Thanks, Mikey. You can talk to us when you feel like this. I'll remember that. Maybe you should give me that punch card. Anytime you can take it from me, meatbag. Noted. Let's get you home. As Mike drives Sergeant Steele home, Roger Irons arrives at the Missing Link's golf course, looking for his wife. Hey, Rog. How's it going? Been better, Memo. Kit's fixing the windmill right now. She seems to have a proverbial bee in her proverbial bonnet. Proverbial. Good word. Thanks, Talk. That was... real necessary. Eh, ignore him, Rog. Listen, can you help me out over here with the soda fountain? Well, since there's nothing that needs doing, I'll go start this out with Kit. Hey, Roger! Figures. Never get married, my friend. Amen to that. Hello, Kit. Roger. You were still angry with me. You have no idea. I have a pretty good idea. You left me in the driveway. And yet here you are. Indeed. Now go away. I regret having said those things to you. Oh, really? Which things? That is a trap. No, really. Let's hear it. Which things do you regret saying to me? The part where I cursed your feeble night vision and implied the prescription on your glasses was insufficient. And what else? And I suppose mocking your excretory functions was a bad tactical decision. The very worst. And yet it still seems strange that you would not be designed to do that standing up. Roger! Listen, have you never had to stumble into the bathroom half asleep and tried to sit down only to get a butt full of cold water? No. Right, and until this morning, neither had I! Why was the seat up at all? I left the seat up. Why would you even need to lift the seat at all? I was cleaning the toilet. And you didn't put it back down? I wanted to display my achievement. I thought you would like it. Fine. The toilet is shiny. What happened when you heard me screaming with my... down there soaking wet? I came in to make sure you were alright. And what did you say when you got there? I told you to get your eyes checked. Was that all you said? I said that you weren't as young as you used to be. Aha! Help me out here, kid. What did I do? Nobody likes hearing they're old, Roger. But you are. Shut your foul mouth, Roger Irons, before I... Um, excuse me. What? what? Uh, I was talking to the guy at the front, Mike. He said to meet him at the 18th hole, but I've been there for a little while. Is everything all right? What are you... What was your name, ma'am? Saffron. Oh, Saffron, of course. Mike had to go help a friend, but he said that I should give you his message. Message? He was hoping you'd join him tomorrow night at the Silver Rose, around 8. Oh, did he? Yes. He was very sorry to have missed you and wanted to apologize in person. Oh, (laughs) tell him I'll see him there then. I will. You have a great day, ma'am. Thanks. Who was that? How would I know? So Mike didn't... That sound like Mike to you? No. I know a pretty human when I see one, Kit. Roger Irons, you sly devil. Here's looking at you, Kit. What challenges await Mike and Saffron at the Silver Rose? Will Sergeant Steele overcome his fears of obsolescence? 
Learn the answers next time on Robot Zombie Hunters Ride Again! Slam Jackson! Adventurous! By Daniel Schwartz. Episode 2, The Primate Prerogative. Today's adventure begins at the office of Slam Jackson, private investigator and famed adventurist. Yo. Where a beautiful woman has just entered. Hello? Are you Slam Jackson, the famous investigator? Why, yes, ma'am. Who beat Lord Knifehammer in a race to the moon? You know what? Sure. My name is Sultry Mysterious. I need your help. I think my husband is cheating on me. I see. Well, I'll try my best to find out what I can. Hours later, the fearless bloodhound of justice is hot on the trail of the alleged adulterer. Okay. He's been to the grocery store, the hardware store, and the pharmacy. Guy looks pretty clean to- Oh, wait a minute. What's he doing at the house? The paragon of personal perfection stealthily approaches the house, only to hear low moanings from within. Ah, hell. Maybe he's just watching some dirty movies? I'll take a look. But no sooner has the Argentine agent of amazement peeked into the house than he is spotted by his arch-nemesis, the Monkey Queen of Zambezi! Oh, for crying out loud. Slam Jackson, spying on me in my moment of intimate vulnerability! I had thought such antics were beneath you, but clearly there is no low to which you will not stoop. Look, Judith, you've got it all wrong. Do not speak my common name! It belies my royal dignity. You rule monkeys. In Zambezi. With an iron fist! Noted. But seriously, I'm following your bow. His wife hired me to find out if he was cheating, which he is, with you. I? The other woman? Jeff, is this true? Well, um... You are unfaithful to me with your wife? Take him to the dungeon, my tamarind minions! Tamarinians? Do not mock me in my pain, Jackson! You leave me no choice but to unleash my legion of machete bonobos! Wait, what? Dozens of knife-wielding chimpanzees climb from the hidden places of the Monkey Queen's suburban ranch-style house, their weapons gleaming. No, you die, Slam Jackson! Machete Bonobos, destroy him! But rather than attacking our intrepid interlocutor, the Machete Bonobos instead turn on the shrieking Monkey Queen of Zambezi! Ow, ow, ow! How have you subverted my loyal agents, you fiend? Maybe you shouldn't yell at apes with knives, your majesty! Curse you, Slam Jackson! You saved me! Yeah, that happened. How can I repay you? Look, dude, you're gonna need the cash for a divorce lawyer. Just saying. Hours later, with the Monkey Queen of Zambezi in the ICU and Jeff Mysterious in the doghouse, Slam Jackson breaks the news to Sultry in his office. You mean that you discovered my husband's infidelity and hospitalized the woman involved? That's how things ended up, sure. 
Thank you so much, Mr. Jackson. You're so skilled and handsome. Uh, thanks? So, now that I'm going to be a single woman, how's about you and me? Sorry, ma'am. I don't date clients. Oh, I wouldn't be your client anymore. Former clients. Oh. I'll send you a bill? Yeah, sure. Is there anything else? No. I should get going. All right. Have a great day. You too. As the tantalizing temptress utilizes the egress, Slam Jackson shuffles through his paperwork. Now, where did I put those billing notices? Where have those billing notices gotten themselves off to? Will our hero find them in a timely fashion? Are the fearsome Temerinians somehow involved? The thrills keep coming on the next episode of Slam Jackson! Adventurist! Ah, mortals. And of course, those of you who have failed to have a natural lifespan, welcome to Thomas Alva Edison Illuminates You, the show where I answer your questions. All of your questions. And of course, I am speaking to you from the Answerarium in my beautiful Edison Museum with my lovely wife, Evelyn. (laughs) Yes, it's lovely, isn't it, Evelyn? Yes, Thomas. How lovely. We are very much in love. Now, let me use my 17 mystical senses to find someone who has a question, yes, and bring them here. You, sir! (laughs) Yes, yes, you've been teleported here from wherever it was you were. Where were you, actually, before I teleported you here to the Hall of Answers? I was at the gas station. Oh, well, that sounds exciting. What the hell is this? Oh, this is Thomas Alvedis and illuminates you. Was that your question? No. What question? Well, first of all, what's your name, sir? My name's Walter Jones. Ah, Walter. Lovely name. Is it short for something? No. It's not even that short. I'm not even that short. Who are you? I am Thomas Alvedis, inventor, wizard, time traveler, honorary Green Lantern, and pop icon. That's a crock. Thomas Edison's dead. You kidnapped me. I was getting gas. The the kind of gas for my car. Who's she? Oh, this is my wife, Evelyn. Evelyn, this is Walter Jones. All right. What do you want? Well, it's more a question of what you want, sir. You had a question. I I was just wondering where the gas station attendant was. Oh. I wanted to buy gas. What do you think I went to a gas station for? You some kind of imbecile? I am no kind of seal, sir. Imbecile. This show is a crock. It's a piece of crap. I didn't even ask to be on this show. Well, of course you didn't ask. You simply desired it deep in your heart of hearts. I can see into your heart of hearts, by the way. These glasses are not a suffering of vision, merely an ability to see inside you. Have you got a light? Yes, I invented light. Can I go now and find the attendant and pay for my gas? Oh, you needn't find the attendant, sir. Allow me, if I will, to present you with a little prize for being so great on the show. For what? I didn't do nothing! I was trying to buy gas for my car, and I ended up in this 
nondescript Hall of Ancestors. guy who kidnapped me, saying I looked into my soul. What kind of piece of crap is a soul? I don't even believe in a soul. I don't believe in answers. I don't believe dead people can kidnap me with subservient wives. I just want to buy the gas and go home in my car so I can continue with my worthless life. Sir! Now, Walter, I only have one subservient wife. Be that as it may, I'm going to give you a device that will beep in the presence of gas station attendants. It should make it incredibly simple for you to locate your gas station attendants. Great! Now I can look like a sex offender! I'm glad to have met you! Everyone is. Now, please, return to this life of worthlessness that you so crave. Alright! I'm gonna go molest kids! I hope you're happy! I am. What a very unhappy man. Isn't it a shame that there's such unhappy people in the world, Evelyn? Ah, <laughs> uh, how I regret. Now, let's see. Someone else who requires the assistance. Well, everyone requires the assistance of Thomas Alva Edison. It's why I have this little advice show, mortals and other persons. Hmm, <laughs> how about, um, well, why not you, sir? Where the hell am I? You, sir, are in the Edison Museum. Is that's that's where I am. Inside the Ansermatorium. It is a room where questions are answered, sir. What is your name? Okay, it's a room. My name is Anthony Johnson. Johnson. Well, Johnson. How yes. lovely. It's family name. Very nice to meet you. Right. Uh. So, uh, what? Why am I here? What am I doing? What is this? Oh. Oh. Right. Of course. I keep forgetting. I am inventor, wizard, time traveler, honorary Green Lantern, and of course, pop sensation, uh, Thomas Alva Edison. Perhaps you've heard of me. Uh, no. Oh, how unfortunate. Perhaps you're from the distant past then. That sort of thing happens sometimes. But that is it, May. I sensed that you had a question. I mean, uh, let me think here. What, what was I... What was, before I got, I just saw a flash yeah. of light. I was, Where were you? Oh, you know what? What? Uh, yes, actually. I, but I, what? I was, I was, I was playing with my nephew. Okay. And we were playing who stole the cookie from the cookie jar. So I think that was my question. Oh. Who stole the cookie from the cookie jar? Well, you were playing with your nephew. I was. It's true. Well, had you stolen the cookie from the cookie jar? I have never stolen a cookie by life, sir. Well then, Evelyn, I think it's pretty clear who stole the cookie, don't you? Don't you think? Is it? Mm-hmm. Well, yes. If you were playing with your nephew, then it must have been your nephew who stole the cookie from the cookie jar. A little bastard. I swear to God, I'm going to knock his head off. That makes perfect sense. Here's an axe to do that with. Ah, thank you so much. It is made of mithril. Mithril? Yes. Is that a real thing? Oh, yes. It's a magical form of elven steel. Excellent. It was first forged in Numenor. Sounds great. Awesome. I'll take it. I thought you would, sir. All right, I'm off to chop my nephew's head off. I'll see you later. Anytime. All right, you have a great day. You too. Now, see, that's... It feels good to help people, doesn't it, Evelyn? Yes, Tom. How lovely. She can call me Tom. That's the sort of husband I am. Now, let's see. There are an infinite number of beings who require my assistance, and some of them are taller than others. How about, um, you, sir? Holy Toledo! Oh, you are not in Toledo, sir, although where you are is technically holy ground if you abide by the Church of Denmark. That, That sounds fancy. Yes, it is. Uh, where were you before I plucked you from time and space? Um, I was I was right in the middle of class actually. I was in my in my history and economics class. See, I go to a, a cheap school, so they gotta they gotta mix the classes together. Uh, but we were on the history part today. I was actually right in the middle of taking a test. Ah, you were being tested. Yeah, so I was I was really thinking, and I I I, I nearly exploded, and all of a sudden I I thought of might have farted. 
and 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 then I I, I thought I might have hit some new kind of wavelength with the fart because then all of a sudden I was in a new area and I I was I'm all kinds of confused right now. I'm sorry. Who are you again? I am inventor, wizard, time traveler, honorary Green Lantern, pop icon, and soon to be father. Isn't that right, Evelyn? Mm-hmm. Thomas Alva Edison. Tom, oh my God! I oh, I got a picture of you hanging. There's a big poster of you hanging on the wall of my dorm room. I get and that all the time. It's, well, it's either you or Hulk Hogan. Oh, we're we're often confused with one another. I'm the one that's cool. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, that just makes sense to me. Yes, indeed. Um, what's your name again? I'm sorry. Um, oh, my name my name is Charles Charles Thompson. Ah, Thompson, lovely name. Yeah, thank you. It's it's Irish. I thought so. So, um, what, what am I doing here exactly? Ah, well, you had a question of some kind, I, and I, I am omniscient, so well, I, I am here to answer your questions. Oh, actually, I got a lot of questions. I mean, I got, I got, I got my test right here, and I was, I, I mean, would you, oh, it's would one you, of those paper tests. It's yeah. not like a Grail quest or anything. I mean, I, I don't want to be like confused or, or you know, convicted of of uh, cheating or anything. Like you do hard jail time <laughs> uh, for that. I, I'm not sure if I should ask you these questions, but I mean, oh. if you're willing to help, I mean, I gotta maintain a 4.5 average. Oh, Mr. Thompson, I invented grades. Okay. So it so makes it okay then? Absolutely. Oh. I have a license. All right. I have all licenses. Well, the very licensing process is patented Thomas Alva Edison, number 815. All you can look it up. Okay. Well, you could if I were to give you ans- access to any materials but myself. So. All right. Well, let's, let's start with the top then. All right. Um, First part says name. Ah. Well then, what's your name? Charles Thompson? Yes, excellent. So it, under name, you should probably put Thomas Alva Edison. See, I thought, that was a, a, I thought that was a trick question. It absolutely is. It Besides, you should always you. put down the best possible answer. And of course, for name, the best possible answer is Thomas Alva Edison. Oh, I should, I should put my name then slash yours? or just Oh, no, ju- just name? Thomas Alva Edison should okay. be fine. Show that teacher you mean business. Well, I'll write in cursive with my good hand. Excellent. Okay, here's, here's, here's the next question. I need to know who invented time travel. Oh, well, that's easy. Um, that was me, Thomas Alva Edison, okay, at out. the moment of creation. So you can just put down Thomas Alva Edison for that, that too. That works. Okay. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Next question. Who invented light? Ah, ooh, that's that's a tough one. It's been in the courts for a little while, but I feel like you can definitely say Thomas Alva Edison. Did, okay, this makes sense to me. Yes. Okay, all right. Well, you remember that famous picture of me with Hulk Hogan? Yeah, that's right, that's right. I w- I w- there was light in that picture. There was, there was. It was everywhere. Okay. Precisely. That last question now. Who invented the ho-ho? Ah. It's not two separate words there. It's actually just one. See, they, they tricked me on that too, but I, I, I figured that much out, but I'm still pretty lost here. Well, I'm reminded of the time when I invented the garden hoe. But then, me from the future showed up to say, Oh, Tom, that's that's not a very good garden hoe. You should, you should probably consider using this design instead. So technically, I invented the hoe twice. So definitely, Thomas Alva Edison is the right answer to that. This is very arguable, my teacher. I, I mean, oh, God, this is just amazing. Okay, I'm going to put that down, too. Okay, that's, that pretty much sums up what I had missing. Excellent. Um, very nice. That's, that's it. That's simply lovely. You know, you've been great. I'm going to give you a lifetime supply of turtle wax. Oh my it's already in your room. Oh, that's, that's just swell. Oh, that's, my goodness. That's the sort of service you get I, I in the Ansararium. I three turtles, too. Do you think they'll get offended? Oh, not at all. Oh, that's good. Definitely not. Okay, I mean, then. you can use the turtle wax on them. Think of how shiny they will be. It, it, that also does make sense. Yes. Okay. Thank, Absolutely. thank you, Mr. Edison. Oh, it's what I'm here for. Now, back to wherever it was you're from. Wee. <sighs> 
This feels good. Almost as good as every other experience I've ever had. Not quite, though. Mmm. Missing something. Of course. A new person. Let's see. Um, a lot of dudes. Um, would you be alright if I brought in a lady? Evelyn? I suppose. Well then, lovely. Um, madam? Oh! Well, how did I get here? Oh, omnipotence. And who are you? Oh, I am inventor, wizard, time traveler, honorary green lantern, pop icon, and expectant. Oh, so you're Thomas Alvarezuset. Yes, you've heard of me. I do work in a museum. Excellent. You know, not one that carries your work, but we've met. Have we, madam? Um, if you could remind me. Well, you like to show up and tell me things are wrong with my displays, and they're not wrong. Mm. But it oh, is okay. That, that museum, yes, of course. Yes. Mm. Good times, good times. So, um... Were you at work when I plucked you from... I, I was. Uh, I, I really was. And so, why am I here? Oh, you were here because you were thinking of a question. And all persons who are asking questions will eventually come to this room. Uh, it was... The answer materium. Wow, that's actually what you call it? Oh, sometimes. Ah, uh, okay. Um, well, I... It was less of a question and more of a problem I was having with a display. Um, I'm not sure if it's really any way related to you. Oh, everything is related to me. Then why won't this peplum stay down? Oh, why won't it stay down? Yes. Oh, I see. I've tried pins. It won't stay down. I've ironed it. I've pressed it. I mean, it's 400 years old. You'd think it'd just stay down, but it won't. <sighs> That's often a problem I have, isn't that right, Evelyn? <laughs> Getting things to stay down, that's often a problem we find ourselves forced to deal with, isn't it? <laughs> Not very helpful, but okay. No. I think I understand what the problem is immediately. Is this exhibit about Thomas Alva Edison? No, it's about clothing in the 1790s. There's your problem. Absolutely. Right there. That it's not about you, or yes. that it's about clothing in general? Listen, as the person who pioneered clothing... That statement makes my brain hurt. Well, of course. But as the person who pioneered clothing... Okay. I feel that no display about clothing that does not include me could really do justice to the subject matter. And how would we include you? Well, certainly you could detail my many accomplishments, perhaps... It's really a visual thing, and the corset is a size two. I don't think you'll fit. Oh, you'd be amazed at the things I can fit into. <laughs> oh, okay. Um. How about this? In anticipation of your question, I have cloned a female version of myself, who is a size two. Um, Thomasina? Yes? Would you be willing to go with- I'm- I'm sorry, miss, I- Rosemary Claire Smith. Ah, would you be willing to go with Miss Smith to model the corset? Yes, of course I would. I'd be willing to be anywhere simultaneously. Delightful. And so, there's your solution. Oh. My Clothing is attracted you. to her. Nothing will stay out of place. Of course, I invented magnetism. Again with these claims. All right, well, I guess I will take my Thomasina thing. And how do you plan on returning me to the Victoria, Albert? Oh, precisely the same way that I got you here. With my mind. Ah. Toodles. Bye. Ah, I bet I look great in that corset. In fact, I do. Knowledge. It's like power, but better somehow. Anyway, I would help other human beings, and of course, non-human beings, and non-being humans, in the universe. But, of course, I have everything else to do. So, mortals, immortals, the rest of you, you should look forward to the next thrilling installment of Thomas Alva Edison Illuminates You. Until then, keep on shining. This is Evelyn and I, saying goodnight. Say goodnight, Evelyn. Good night. Good night.
welcome back, everyone. Welcome, welcome back. Uh, so that that was all of our stuff for this week. Um, before we go, we do have a whole bunch more emails. We actually have quite a few emails. Like I said, I, I've been very pleased with this. But don't rest on your laurels. I don't want you to think, oh, people have stu- people have been writing in. I'm, I'm not going to bother. Bother. Write into us. Castandwax at gmail.com. Crazy subjects. Put it, put it in anything. Write to us about anything. We'll talk about it. We'll discuss it. We'll make it fodder for our discussions. Anyway, here's, here's a couple. Scape, why don't we start with um, your uh, – we got two emails from your school. Two. Yes, two. Uh, one from your teacher and one from uh, someone a little more important than your teacher. So uh, let's get – Let's get right to it. Okay. Rory, would you please? Yes. Um, here's the first one. Uh, hey, second year dudes. Sorry about the tech problems we've been having. I'm going to move away from using teleclass so we don't get so far behind. So we won't be meeting virtually every week, but I still want you to check in on the forums, read my questions, see what your classmates say, and make regular contributions. In addition, you'll turn in three assignments, which you can do on your own time. Remember, you're sending me your songs and accompanying essays of about two paragraphs. Anyone who's broadcasting on radio or podcast should introduce their songs with their essays. This semester, we're focusing on the layers of a song. So for each song you do, I want you to pick an instrument vocals or technology that makes one layer of the song and focus your song around that. For example, the topic of one assignment could be drums. In your essay, write about how you use that part and how it works with the other parts of the song. Uh, Three assignments focusing on three different layers of a song will be due to me by December 15th on your own schedule. Let me know if you have any questions. Snake, Samuel Fillmore, second year, Rock Studies Department, Rock Institute of Rock, London, UK. Okay, so Skate, you uh, you, the, you didn't tell me they were having tech problems with the the the, the, the virtual classes. Oh, I didn't know. What do you mean you did? What do you mean you didn't know? There was no classes. I did, I forgot. I forgot to go. You've, what do you mean you forgot to go? You've been looking at these forum things, right? Yeah, because you have to read them to me, so you remind me. But you haven't been watching your classes. There haven't been any classes. He said they had problem. So there's no classes. It turns out there's no classes, but you were, you were slacking off. Well, it turns out it's fine. I'm allowed to slack off, so yeah. This one time. Oh, you are. Well, there's no way the second. I mean, I, I shouldn't even bother reading you this second email because you're not ready. Uh, what are you talking? I'm ready. For what? For the, th- this email. The, again, I fine. Rory, can you read this other one? It's from Dr. Rob. Yeah, sure. Of course. Um, Dear Scapey. The Board of Directors has conducted its annual review of your RIR portfolio and has awarded you honors in first-year rock study. It is my pleasure to inform you that based on your first-year portfolio, you have been nominated for a second-year thesis. If you partake in the second-year thesis, you will prepare a thesis project instead of taking a course next semester. Typically, a thesis involves an original epic song of at least 10 minutes and an accompanying paper of at least 10 pages. But there is some flexibility to the program and your thesis will be planned with your advisor. Upon successful completion of the thesis, second-year thesis students are considered for the fast-track program. This graduates them in three years instead of four. Participation in second-year thesis is completely optional, but you'll need to send me your decision by November 15th. Congratulations on your portfolio honors, and I look forward to hearing from you soon. Regards, Dr. Rock. Oh, my God, honors! That's very good! Why are you making it sound bad? Because I'm saying that there's how there's no way you're going to be able to do a, a second year thesis if you're like slacking off so bad already at the beginning of your second year. Dad, second year thesis is saying <laughs> do uh, what? Because of what you said, second year thesis. Yeah, yeah second year thesis is. <laughs> why are you laughing? Because of what? Because you're saying thesis and you oh, sound. Oh, you're making fun of my voice. You're making fun of my speech impediment. Well, thanks a lot. Second year f- f- thesis. 
is about doing a big rock song, I can do that. It has nothing to do with slacking off because I can do rocking for 10 minutes. That's nothing. It has to be like, but it has to be good and original and it can't just be like, you know, going on the same thing for 10 minutes, I imagine. It could be, it doesn't say that, but I wouldn't do that anyway. I rock hard. Second year thesis is going to be good. Thesis. <laughs> thesis. Second year thesis. Second, that's what I said. Second year thesis. Okay. Okay. It's going to be good. Uh, so you want to do it? Well, uh, you know, maybe. I'll think about it. i got some time to think about it. Yeah, if you remember to actually think about it instead of just slacking off. I, I just was slacking off for a little while, but it, was, it worked out fine. Fine. If you say so. I do. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see. We got three more emails. Wow. We got, seriously, we did get a lot of email and I do like that. Um, all right. Let's read uh, this one. Uh, dear Jordan, it's me again. And the me again is, uh, is Bill M, uh, who wrote to us earlier. Anyway, I wanted to know if, along with the lyrics, you could start including ukulele chords to both the waxwork themes and the scapey songs so that guests with ukuleles can follow along at home. Just a thought to incite a discussion. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, I've, I've, see, here's, here's kind of an interesting fact. Uh, when I did all those songs on ukulele, uh, the first time when I re-recorded them for, for, uh, uh, Rhapsody on Uke, I actually didn't write down the chords. I was stupid. Oh, okay, yeah, kind of. So, so after I recorded them, for the most part, I forgot them. But you've been playing them now. Right, because I've been relearning them. I've been going on to the Rhapsody on Uke, Rhapsody on Uke, and listening to them and figuring them out again based on my own playing, and uh, this time writing them down. And I think the same is true for the, the Scapey s- songs. I, I don't think I wrote down the chords to your song, Scapey. Well, that was stupid, Dad. I, no, I know. I'm saying I, it was a mistake. I'm saying that. Um, but I can try to write those down, too. And I'll, Sure, I'll, I'll see about putting them up online. I'll see about putting them up online. Some of them, I'll tell you what, some of them are difficult. And by difficult, I mean not good. Uh, like, uh, keep your nose out of the wax. You can't really play it. I mean, I can put what chords they were, and if I can probably put what chords they are if I can figure out one or two really tough parts of it. Um, but you can't, I mean, you can't perform it. Like, I'm never going to perform it at the beginning of this show, or if I do, I'm going to have to totally figure out an all new way to do it because I can't do it the way it's recorded. So you're, you're not up to the challenge. That's not what I'm, I'm just, I, I mean, you know, I... Dad, sounds like you're the one slacking now. I'm not, I'm not slacking. It's really difficult. You couldn't play that song, so shut up. I could play anything. I rock. You can't play anything. You don't play a single instrument. I play the instruments on your songs. Well. 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 That's fine, but I could do it. You, I'm saying you couldn't do it. Whatever. Fine. Anyway, uh, so the point is, uh, Bill, I will do my best. I will do my best to get them up there. Uh, they're not up yet, but I'll try to get them up there soon. Oh, here's a, here's a, here's a short one. Um, we got an email. Uh, I'm only going to read part of it because the rest of it is about uh, uh, new serials that we haven't uh, – we're not playing just yet. Uh, but I got an email from Charles Berman who, who's been sending me all these new serials that him and uh, a number of our fans have been working on. Um, he says, uh, hey, Jordan, loving the podcast lately and hearing positive words from all the other listeners I know as well, including credits for you this week. Um, but again, that's not for this week, the shows I played this week. It's for shows I'll play in the future. I was wondering, though. I've been getting requests from the police to talk about that murder and tell them if I know anything about Lynn and what she was doing around that time. Should I talk to them or try and keep quiet? Well, um, Charles, I mean, I guess it depends on what you're going to tell them. No, that's not how the law works. No, I know. But what I'm saying is I believe, I, of course I believe that Lynn is innocent. Of course I do. But while I believe that, there could be facts out there that would lead someone to believe that she's not innocent. Now, not because they're true. I mean, they might be true facts, but... They don't amount to her being guilty. So I'm just saying, if there are things that might confuse matters, it's probably best not to, to tell them. That's an obstruction of justice. You are counseling obstruction of justice. You, Jordan D. White, are counseling obstruction of justice. No, 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 no. 
Of course, tell them anything that's relevant. I'm just saying carefully consider what's relevant, if you know what I mean. Because, um, you know, again, if, if it makes it her sound guilty, maybe it's not so relevant. I would say that would make it extra relevant. She is so guilty. I, Jordan, I can't believe you would say these illegal things. Because I don't think she did it, Frank. I really don't. I mean, Rory, okay, Rory, what do you think? Should he tell? Well, you know, that's a complicated, that's a complicated matter. Because I, you know, obviously I don't know. You know, I haven't heard the evidence. Perhaps if he would send me... The evidence, I could decide whether it was relevant to the police or not. What? No, just just tell the police. If you have any information, you have to come forward with it, Charles. You have to. That's the law. That is how these things I'm, work. No, but not if it's... if it's. We know, he, she, we know she didn't do it. She did do it. I'm not crazy. I know things. I did an investigation. You heard it on your show. I know. I know. But I'm just... Okay. Uh, Charles... All right, okay, Charles, you're going to have to decide for yourself if you know what I mean. Yeah, he means tell them whatever you know. That's totally what I mean. Yes, of course. Okay, uh, moving on. Uh, let's see. Oh, we have one more letter. Uh, and this is an important one uh, because it is a letter of complaint. And I, you know, it's it's always a little bit of a bummer to, to have someone write in with a complaint. But it did happen. So um, as a result, uh, uh, this I took, I took this one very seriously. So um, to read... The, uh, the, the letter to us, here uh, I have the actual person who wrote it. Please. Thank you, Jordan. Dear Mr. White, I am writing in to correct an egregious error that you let slip a few episodes back in your podcast. I was, as you can imagine, dear sir, positively dismayed to hear myself referenced as Sir William Alfred Wickersham III or something like that. My name, my good man, is Sir William Alfred Wickersham, 14th Lord Duke of Blackmore, formerly part of the Greater North Sea Continent of Britain. I am inexpressibly disheartened that you forgot that I was indeed the 14th Lord Duke of Blackmore, formerly part of the Greater North Sea Continent of Britain. What you were thinking, referring to I, Sir William Alfred Wickersham, 14th Lord Duke of Blackmore, formerly part of the Greater North Sea Continent of Britain, as a mere third? I cannot bring myself to imagine the third, Mr. White. Sir William Alfred Wickersham, 3rd Lord Duke of Blackmore, formerly part of the Greater North Sea Continent of Britain, was a twaddling squip, a nobody, a, dare I say it aloud, human, oh, to be spoken of as a mere mortal, it makes the heart inflame with violent tragedy. So much of my wrath have you incurred, Mr. White, that I'm just barely restraining myself from transporting myself. Sir William Alfred Wickersham, 14th Lord Duke of Blackmore, formerly part of the Greater North Sea Continent of Britain, to your puny, pathetic backwater of a world to suck the life out of you. Fortunately for you, you insignificant human, I am currently plagued by a spotty group of children who fancy themselves space heroes. Though, as it seems you're so dearly fond of them, perhaps I shall double my efforts to see them destroyed, and once I've succeeded, as I undoubtedly will, and as no mere the third could, I shall revel in your pain, knowing that your heroes are vanquished. Yours affectionately, Sir William Alfred Wickersham, 14th Lord Duke of Blackmore, formerly part of the Greater North Sea Continent of Britain. Thank you very much, Sir uh, William. Um, uh, Sir William Alfred Wickersham, 14th Lord Duke of Blackmore, formerly part of the Greater North Sea Continent of Britain. Right, yes. Uh, thank you for coming on. My pleasure. Adieu. And uh, I'm sorry, I, there's nothing I can say to... Uh, 
make it up to you, I'm sure, but uh, I'll try to get your name right if I ever say it again. Or, failing that, I'll try to never say your name again. I'm sure that'll satisfy everybody involved. Thank you for coming on and addressing that. I am a little confused, though, because he said that if he had time, he would kill you. And so, if he came here, he clearly did have time. No, 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 because it takes a... I mean, I'm sure it takes a while to, to drain the life out of someone. So, he had time to pop by and read it, but that was it. You know, then he had to go. He's got he's got vampirosian things to, to deal with. Who, who are you referring to when you say he's had... Emperorian things? The gentleman who just came on and read the letter. Yes, I know, I know, but um, what was his name again? Ah, I'd rather not say, actually. Uh, if you'd like to know his name beyond what we just heard, you know, you can always go back into season three of Epic Echoes and learn all about him through that. Anyway, um, thank you for listening, everybody. I, uh, oh, I think it's, oh my gosh, is it time to wrap up the show? I guess it is. Um, wow, that was, that was, it went by so fast. It seems like it was just a second ago I was starting the song. But in fact, it was not just a second ago. I was starting this only. It was a while ago. Anyway, um, like I said, castandwax at gmail.com. Write into us all sorts of topics. Anything you want us to talk about, we'll give, us, we'll give it a, a good talking about. I'm sure you're wondering about whether or not there will be a podcast next week. And if you're not, you should start now because that's the topic I'm about to bring up. There probably won't be. Um, which is sad, I know, but I'm going to be at the New York Comic Con all weekend. So it's possible I'll get off my butt and do a podcast before that. Oh, gosh, it's unlikely. If someone were to say to me, there's going to be a podcast next week, I would say I'm skeptical of that. Because I'm the one who makes the podcast, and I don't think I'm going to have time. But they might say, you'll find the time, and I'll say, well, that's possible. And as someone who is skeptical and has an open skeptical mind, unlike some other people who claim to. I, uh, I try not to be completely definitive with those things. It's possible I'll do a podcast next week. It's just unlikely. Yes, the site has webboards with a couple of posts. But just look the names up. They belong to ghosts. I regret to tell you that it's all a lie. No one reads waxwork.com. It is all a myth that Jordan perpetuates. No one reads waxwork.com. It would not hold up if someone investigates. No one reads waxwork.com. It was all a myth. That Jordan perpetuates No one reads Waxwork.com It does not hold up If someone investigates